For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. I'm Michael, the host of the semi-monthly podcast in a city like yours. Join me as I chat with interesting people with interesting life stories. You can listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can follow us on Twitter at IACLYS Podcast, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at In a City Like Yours Podcast. Please feel free to let me know what you think and keep coming back for the many interesting stories in a city like yours. What's good, Thunder fans? This is Alex Roig, and you're listening to Topic Thunder. All right, and welcome in to another recap episode of Topic Thunder. Uh, this is your host, Alex Roig, and a surprising win. Uh, that's all I can really say. We kind of, um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to attach a, an interview we did with uh, Nick Gallo last night onto this podcast. Um, but you know, the Thunder are in the midst of a four-game, you know, at the beginning of a four-game road trip. And the first of those games was the little house of horrors that we like to call Portland. And, you know, Portland with Damian Lillard, with that crowd, with CJ McCollum, it's always been whether, you know, whether it's this team or whether it's a team that had Westbrook and Paul George or whether it's a team that had, you know, Westbrook and Kevin Durant, um, Portland has always been a struggle for us. You know, they always, you know, they're crazy up there. You know, you sometimes have the signs that reference the the Seattle Supersonic days and things like that. But it's always been sort of a, like I like to call a little house of horrors. But but tonight, the Thunder went into Portland and they handled business. Uh, there's, there's no other way to kind of put it. They they really handled business. They they went in there. Uh, they, they shut Damian Lillard down. They, they contained him. Uh, they contained CJ McCollum. And they kept everybody else at bay. And... You know, they were able to not only build a lead, uh, but they were able to sustain the leads once those Portland runs hit. Um, and it was, you know, it was a surprising win. There's nothing There's nothing more you can really say about that. You know, with this team, you don't really know what you're going to get night in and night out. You know you're going to get a competitive team. But to say that you can look at this team 
and then look at the schedule and start to pinpoint games that are going to be victories offhand, you can't really do that with this, with this team. Um, and so it's a grab bag with this team. And some nights you're going to get performances like you did tonight or like you did a couple nights ago with Minnesota. Um, and some days you're going to get performances like you did, you know, the first time we played Indiana uh, or the, even the second time we played Indiana a couple days ago. Um, this team is going to be highly competitive, but it's not to the point where you can just assign victories to them by looking at the schedule. Um, and so it was a victory. It was a win on the road, which are very tough to come by with this team. Um, but if you didn't see the game, I don't want you to even worry about that because I'm going to go ahead and hook you up and we're going to hook up the TiVo. You don't need to explain to me why you need TiVo. All right, so the first quarter, um, it wasn't a very high-scoring first quarter as far as NBA standards go. Um, but, you know, the the teams kind of went back and forth in the beginning. But the thing that kind of caught my eye was that Kent Bazemore hit two three-pointers in the first four minutes and a half of this, of this quarter. And so you always worry about Dame Lillard. You always worry about CJ McCollum. But if you're going to have another guy start hitting threes with frequency in a game, it makes it a lot more difficult for this team. Um, and so I was a little bit worried about that going throughout the game because those those role players like that, especially when they're at home, if they get hot, they can be a problem. And so somebody like Ken Bazemore, somebody like, I don't know, Mario Hazonia, somebody like just somebody, Carmelo Anthony, um, that gets hot quick um, can be a problem for the rest of the game. And so, you know, it had me wondering, is this going to be one of those nights? But, you know, it didn't really turn out that way. The first quarter was very lackluster. Um, Chris Paul had seven points. Nerlens Noel, he had four points, six rebounds, two blocks, and one steal. And so with the game kind of being low energy as far as offensively, that energy that Noel brought into the game really set the tone um, for what we were going to see later on in the game. Um, and whenever those offensive struggles did happen, a lot of times it was a guy like Noel um, or it was a guy like Schroeder that actually came in and did what they had to do to give the Thunder that energy they needed to push through those runs, push through those dot dry spells, um, and actually come out on top. Um, so after the first quarter, the Thunder led 21 to 20. Um, and then in the second quarter, the second quarter was real fun. The second quarter was basically it was encapsulated by two runs, a run by the Thunder and then a run by Portland. And so uh, the Thunder went on a 26 to 6 run from about 10 and a half minutes to about four and a half minutes of the second quarter. So about a six minute uh, span there. Um, <clears throat> At one point, they had built the lead up to t up to 18 points, um, and this was great basketball. This was, you know, this was Thunder basketball. This was fun to watch. Chris Paul he spearheaded it all. Uh, he scored eight points in the beginning of that run, and then Dennis Schroeder took it over from there. He scored 11 points uh, in the quarter during that uh, during that 26 to six run. Uh, the defense was definitely great during that time. For most of that time, Damian Lillard was on the bench, um, and so. The Thunder defense could could really attack the wing players for uh, for Portland, 
and it, it actually worked out in their favors. You know, guys weren't making shots. Anthony Simons wasn't making shots. McCullum was struggling a little bit during that quarter. Um, Carmelo was struggling a little bit. And so the defense was able to look good and the offense was clicking for the Thunder enough to get them in on, on that on that run. So four and a half minutes into the fourth, into the second, I mean, four and a half minutes left in the first half, Thunder had an 18 point lead. And then Portland happened. Uh, so then Portland went on a 16-2 run over the next three minutes. Uh, they started making threes. They started doing what they do. Uh, the Thunder kind of relaxed a little bit. They started making little, you know, mistakes here and there, little turnovers. Uh, started missing the shots that they were making a couple minutes before that. Um, and so, you know, the NBA is a game of runs. And so Portland had their run. And that 16-2 run kind of they brought them back to, I believe it was within four points. During that run, funny moment happened. Um, so the Thunder were assessed a second delay of game penalty. Um, and then Chris Paul kind of went off a little bit because he was basically telling the ref that he was trying to make an MFing point at, at, at first. Um, you know, that he was just trying to make a point and that he was trying to get onto Sports Center. Um, so apparently, I guess this was the same referee that was refereeing the Minnesota game where. Of course, Chris Paul had to tell him, hey, he has his jersey out, and they assessed a, a delay of game penalty to Minnesota, which happened to be their second one, which awarded the Thunder a technical foul. Um, and so, just I, I don't know if it was retaliation. I don't know if the referees maybe felt some sort of way uh, that Chris Paul had to tell them to make a call, um, but... It was just kind of funny, and it was kind of a funny moment where Chris Paul kind of got mad that they assessed a, penal, uh, a delay of game penalty when it didn't look like they did anything to deserve it. Um, but 16-2 run by Portland. Last couple seconds of the third of the second quarter, uh, the Thunder actually kind of gained a little ground back. Uh, they scored the last four points of the of the half on a Baisley three, um, and then Baisley hits a three, and then they go down to the other other end of the court. And basically blocks Carmelo. Carmelo kind of, you know, bodies get tangled up. And he kind of, you know, goes to the referee and says, hey, what's going on? Referee gives him a tech. Um, and then Chris Paul hits the free throw. And the Thunder head into the into the locker room at halftime, up by eight, 55 to 47. So then the third quarter. You know, the Thunder in the third quarters, they're, they're not, they don't get along very well. And it quickly looked like it was going to be that kind of night, that kind of quarter, uh, because Portland quickly went on a 12-2 run, uh, beginning about 10 and a half minutes left in the third quarter, um, where Damon, Damon, CJ were doing Damon, CJ thing. They were hitting three, they were making free throws, they were, you know, getting to the line. Um, but we were able to sustain. The Thunder were able to sustain. Once they got past that initial 12-2 run from Portland, um, and it became a back-and-forth affair from that point, but it was good to see that the Thunder were able to, you know, weather that that run and then go ahead and keep up with Portland during that quarter. Um, the game went back and forth. Um, neither team really was able to kind of break free of each other. Um, and, and to the Thunder's credit, they were able to play enough defense and they were able to score enough points to keep up with Portland in that third quarter, which we all know that's the Thunder's main quarter where they struggle. 
Um, but a lot of it had to do with the aggressiveness, once again, of Dennis Schroeder and Nerlens Noel. Uh, so Schroeder, <clears throat> he had eight points in the quarter. Most of them came after the halfway part mark of the quarter because, of course, being a bench player, he came in for Chris Paul at about the six-minute mark. And he quickly went on to kind of establish his mark on this quarter. Uh, so he scored eight points. Um, he, he had a... Uh, a three-point foul called for him, and so he made all three free throws. And Nerlens Noel, once again, Nerlens Noel came in and provided, you know, provided points, but he also provided that energy that a lackluster kind of Thunder offensive quarter needed. He scored seven points. He grabbed three rebounds. Um, you know, he was he was everywhere. He was everywhere. He was able to to take advantage of. Maybe a slower moving big man and, and Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside is able to do some things very well. He was able to patrol the paint, get a lot of blocks. Um, but he does kind of put himself out of position a lot looking for those blocks. And so uh, Nerlens was able to take advantage of that and went on to score seven points during that quarter. So at the end of the quarter, there was damage done. But it wasn't as bad as what it seemed like at the beginning of the quarter. And the Thunder went into the fourth quarter up 82-78. to 78. So they had squandered their eight-point lead, but it only went down by four. Uh, so they went to the fourth quarter up by four. Uh, fourth quarter, very ugly start to the fourth. It was pretty much scoreless for the first three minutes. Um, but then, you know, eventually kind of the teams found their footing. Um, but the big, you know, the, the big thing for the Thunder was that Shea Gilgis-Alexander, somebody who I have not mentioned at all yet, um, finally found a way to kind of break free and, you know, score points. Um, he had scored, I believe it was seven points up to this point. Um, but he, he had struggled mightily from the field. He was shooting, I believe it was one for eight in the first three quarters. Um, and it, it just looked like one of those nights where... It wasn't going very well for him, um, and he's he's had those he's had a, a lot of those nights lately. But he's kind of in these last couple games found ways to contribute. If his shot isn't falling, he's getting to the line. If his shot is not falling, he is, you know, finding other ways to affect the the game. And that is a mark of somebody that's not necessarily. It's a mark of somebody that's maturing within the role that they're going to have. So SGA knows that he's going to have to score for this team. Um, and there's going to be nights where the bucket's going to be closed for whatever reason, whether you're struggling, whether defensively they are keying in on you. Um, and so you have to find other ways to affect the game. And so with him, the last couple nights, it's been getting to the free throw line. And he's done, he's done a great job of that. And sometimes... Getting to the free throw line, you know, it's either getting to the free throw line or watching like a layup go in. But that confidence builder that happens from that point um, allows you to open up other parts of your game. And I think that's what happened tonight where, you know, a couple free throws, you know, maybe a three pointer going down, which did in the fourth quarter. But it allowed him to kind of find his swag, find his his groove and kind of get into the lane, find little, you know, little cracks in the in the Portland's defense and, you know, do his little show that he does when he gets inside where he's either, you know, he's spinning, he's doing a little, you know, the little layups where he's uh, extending his arm, doing things like that. Um, but he scored, let's see, he scored 14 points. 
um, in that fourth quarter and really was the catalyst to help the Thunder propel themselves to distance themselves from Portland, which Portland, you know, also another catalyst for the Thunder was their defense. You know, they, they wouldn't allow Damian Lillard to break free. He didn't get any clean looks. He was missing shots. You know, I, I won't necessarily put the entire credit on the Thunder's defense because Lillard was missing shots, uh, but they were able to make things difficult for him. Um, and he was missing shots. McCollum wasn't really hitting too much. Carmelo Anthony, after, you know, after that hot start, he's going back to being Carmelo Anthony. Um, and so the Thunder were actually able to kind of put together a nice little run there in the fourth in the fourth quarter, go up by about 14 points. You know, Portland even emptied their bench with about two minutes left. Um, and so the Thunder went home with a nice little victory, 108 to 96. Um, couple stats from that game. So number one, Lou Dort, he played heavy minutes. He played real good minutes. Um, and even though it, it wasn't anything that necessarily contributed to the um, to the stats, to the stat line per se, you know, he scored his first he scored his first bucket of his career. He had two points. Um, you know, he played almost 20 minutes. Uh, he had three rebounds. But uh, hey, he had six fouls, and he used six fouls. And he was aggressive, and he made life difficult for Portland's perimeter players. And so, you know, he wasn't, he's not, at this point in his career, he's not very polished. He's not very disciplined, um, but there's something there. There's an aggressivity there. There's a bulldog there um, that this team that is developing, that is looking for wings that do this type of stuff, I believe there's a future here for Dort uh, within the Thunder organization. Um, and I do believe that the Thunder will treat Dort like they have Deontay Burton before him. Um, who else? Dakari Johnson before him. You know, players that they, you know, they have on two-way contract or they have them in the G League. And second half of the season, probably around March, April, once those 45 days for that two-way contract start to start to wear thin, They'll offer Dort one of those prorated um, vet or not vet rookie minimum contracts um, that will see him here maybe for a year or two on a very cheap deal. He's he, he has skills. He has, you know, he looks I've always said he looks like Marcus Smart out there. Um, he ha- he does have to develop his offensive game. Um, but there is part of the reason why the Thunder signed him was for this type of stuff that he's very good defensively. He's very aggressive. Um, he's going to make perimeter players lives a living hell whenever he's out there. Um, and we saw that in the, in was it the Minnesota game or the Indiana game? I think it was the Minnesota game where he dove on the floor um, at the end and got that steal in the fourth quarter, which was, you know, turned out to be a big play for the Thunder. Um, so shouts out to Dort. I do believe he has a future here. Uh, once Burton and Diallo and all of them come back from their injuries and come back from suspension, um, I do believe that he will go back to the G League, but we have seen little glimpses as to what he can provide for this team moving forward. Um, so the Thunder did hold Portland to 27.3% from the three-point line, which if you're going to do anything to Portland to make them suffer, it's going to be that, holding them to a low percentage from the, from the three-point line. The Thunder, conversely, were 11 of 32, and they shot 34.4%, which is great. Um, 
we continued to feast at the line in this game and took took full advantage of it. Uh, we shot 27 of 34, and Portland shot 15 of 18. So when you're looking at stuff like that, that's aggressiveness. That's getting to the you know getting into the middle, getting into you know putting yourself in situations where you're getting the defense moving around, you're getting them scrambling, um, and you are you are dictating the offense during that time. Um, and so you know Thunder took full advantage of that, and they've taken full advantage of that over the last couple games. You know it's really shown as far as you don't have to necessarily shoot great when you're having opportunities at the free throw line and taking advantage of that. Um, and so, you know, that pretty much won them the game right there. Um, but yeah, it was great victory for this team. You know, it was, it was a tough victory and it actually breaking news. Uh, the thunder are currently in the eighth spot in the Western conference. They're tied with Phoenix, but I believe they have a better, whether it's conference record or I don't, I don't think division record, but whatever, we have something that puts us ahead of them, even though we have the same record at 10 and 12. Um, but yeah, we're currently sitting at the A spot in the in the Western Conference. So, hey, enjoy it. It may not last very long. We do play Utah tomorrow. Um, but hey, I mean, this team is this team is weird. This team is going to be into, you know, they're, they're going to be competitive. And sometimes competitive teams are able to outlast teams that are having an off night or, you know, they're just not feeling themselves that night. And this seemed like a this seemed like a night where Portland just wasn't feeling themselves. You know, Damon literally did, didn't look like he had the eye of the tiger tonight. Um, and so we took advantage of it and we won. So enjoy it, Thunder fans. If the season ends today, we're in the playoffs. We're playing the Lakers. And the last time the Thunder played the Lakers in the playoffs as an eight seed, it was a hell of a run. You know, we lost in six games, but it was a hell of a run. Um, and we don't know, if, you know, who knows what happens from here on out. Um, but yeah, so from this game, the player of the game is going to be Mr. Nerlens Noel. And I mean, the stats don't really jump out at you. He had 13 points, 12 rebounds. He had two blocks, one steal. Um, but his energy, you know, his energy was, it was something that helped this team through their tough times in this game. Um, it was infectious. It was something that between him, Schroeder, and Dort, for the most part, um, kind of were the glues to this team during this game. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander did not have a good first three quarters. Um, Chris Paul did not have a good fourth quarter. Um, and so, you know, those guys were the were the constants throughout the game. Even though they were the bench players, even though they were, they were the guys off the bench, they were the constants. Um, and so, the player of the game is Nerlens Noel. What does that mean? Do I get Do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? I'll <laughs> <laughs> be sick. No, it's just I don't know. Seems dumb. <laughs> it does. So a couple things I want to talk about, uh, just kind of based off of this game is so Carmelo Anthony, Royce Young put out a tweet that kind of caught my eye. Um, in, in the tweet, um, he says that so he's talking about Chris Paul. I mean, he's talking about Carmelo Anthony, and he basically says, "Look, Carmelo Anthony has played ten games with the Blazers. 
He's averaging 15.9 points on 48 on 40.8% shooting, 35.9% shooting from three, on 14.7 field goal attempts and 31.8 minutes per game. Portland during that 10 game span is four and six. Uh, Carmelo played 10 games with the Rockets last season. He averaged 13.4 points on 40.5% shooting, 32.8 from three on 12.1 field goal attempts in 29.4 minutes. Houston was four and six during that time also. He's the same player. And so the major difference, and he says this, the major difference is that Portland needs those extra 16 points on their team, while Houston last year did not, and kind of turned him into a unfair scapegoat uh, for their rough start, for Houston's rough start last season. Um, and so I say that, you know, adding to that is the fact that the Kevin Love trade market has already started to open up um, because Cavaliers is basically, have basically said, look, we're open to deals for Kevin Love. Um, the thing with Kevin Love is that he has three years and about $90 million left on his deal. Um, and so what and how I circle that back into the thunder is Danilo Gallinari. So when you look at Kevin Love, when you look at Gallo, is there really that big of a difference? Yeah, Kevin Love can maybe grab you a couple more rebounds. Kevin Love doesn't necessarily ne- you know, have the, the knee injury history that Gallo does. But Kevin Love has two more years and about $60 million more left on his contract than does Gallo. Um, And so for teams that are looking to make trades starting on December 15th, which would be next, was it next Sunday, Uh, which would be a week from now, uh, you have to ask yourself, are those teams willing to pony up the money for three years and 90 million? Or would they rather go ahead and maybe take a chance on Gallinari, who will come off their books after the season? And so that's what I think the Thunder will be expressing to teams is, hey, look, Kevin Love, Gallo, yeah, Kevin Love may be a little bit better, but longer money, longer term, more money um, compared to Gallinari, which may give you the same effectiveness this season, and he's off your books after that. And then you can go ahead and, you know, reload, you know, do what you got to do after the season, whether you resign him, whether you use that cap space to do something else with it. And that's going to be attractive to some teams. Some teams are going to go for Kevin Love regardless. Um, you know, look at his track record. He's won an NBA championship with the, with the Cavaliers. Um, he can rebound better than Gallo. But some teams, especially with that free agent class of 2021 coming up, um, some teams will definitely look at the shorter term and say, hey, let's go for that. And that's where I think the Thunder may sneak in there and get themselves a pretty good deal uh, for Gallinari. Coming up starting probably December 15th. Um, if you haven't seen, you could go to our Twitter page and we have a little contest going on to see when Gallinari gets traded, to whom he gets traded to, and just for you know giggles. At what time does he get traded? Um, so just go ahead and check that out. It's kind of a little contest we have going on. Throw your hat into the ring. You never know if you might win. And we do have a pretty good prize for you if you do win. Um, but with that said, 
I do want to bid you adieu. It was a great victory for the Thunder. They do it again tomorrow. They play in Utah. Um, but uh, we do have a little bit more left on this podcast. And we did an interview with Nick, with Thunder sideline reporter Nick Gallo. Um, and so I will go ahead and present that to you right now. <laughs> Speaking of balls. Speaking of balls, <laughs> today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Support for Topic Thunder comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Now, Alex, before we get into all the great things that Manscaped has to offer, I must say I was originally a client of uh, Manscaped before we even got the sponsorship. I ordered the, um, what, what do they call it, the Lawnmower 2.0 for that nice, clean cut of the mm-hmm. area with which you need trimming. And I also uh, purchased the package where you get uh, the crop the preserver. Yes, the, the package. package. See what I did there? I did. <laughs> yeah, the package. The perfect package 2.0, by the way, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to get trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. It comes with the lawnmower 2.0, as I already mentioned, the crop preserver, as I already mentioned, plus... Something that you may not realize is important but is insanely important that comes with this package is a a nice uh, paper uh, matting for you so you don't get stuff flying everywhere in your bathroom or wherever you do your your duty. I I honestly did not even think about that until Mm. I got the package. I was like, that is a smart idea because then you can just clean it up. It's perfect. Unless you, you know, some people like to do it in the shower, some people do it elsewhere. And by the way, the lawnmower 2.0 can be used in the shower. It is waterproof, so that is also a big plus. So a lot of great things uh, coming from Manscaped that I already know about. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you, it it works. It works quite well. Alex, listen, untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. No more. They're going to be nice and trimmed. And it's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. And like we've already talked about, that is the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. All right. So welcome into a special uh, episode of Topic Thunder. Uh, We have a special guest here. uh, But first, before that, my name is Alex, and I'm joined in by, by Jerry. Yo, and yo! Jerry, how you doing? As you can tell, I'm a little excited. I'm still riding the adrenaline rush from last night's game, so... That yeah. was that was a crazy game. That was a crazy game, but here to kind of share with us that experience, uh, we have Thunder Sideline reporter Nick Gallo. Nick, how's it? How are you doing? Things are good, man. Things are good. We uh, traveled today out to Portland after that uh, crazy finish to the game against Minnesota last night and uh, Stevens heave to Dennis uh, <laughs> kind of brought the thunder back from the dead and uh, regulation and and then SGA took care of business in overtime it's just it, it, it's so funny like like in a game like that whenever you win in that fashion you look at just certain plays that just get crystallized in your mind for instance you know one of the plays that just kind of stuck out in my mind, was the Dort play where he got the steal. Yeah. You know, that was 
that was something that was not expected. Number one, because why is Dort in the game at that time? I know he's there for defensive purposes, but what do you, know, you mean? Why is Dort in the game? No, hold what on. What the heck do on. you mean? Come on, man. <laughs> if, this guy deserves Bur- his contract. Hey, if Burton, if Burton isn't suspended, and if uh, Diallo isn't hurt, he's nowhere near that sideline. You know, I he's agree. nowhere in that game. I know. Uh, <laughs> and so that kind of stuck in my mind. And then, and then the Chris Paul thing. How, how surprised were you uh, with that Chris Paul? Where he, you know, he ratted, what's his name, Jordan Bell out to the to the referees and got the uh, got the technical. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I would say surprised. Like the rules are the rules, and uh, you know, Chris said that after the game. He was like, "This is a game with rules, and they're not like it's not like optional rules. If it if it, you disagree with the rule, that's one thing, but yeah. like it's in the rule book, and so that's I mean that's one of the things that makes Chris great is like." He knows all the rules inside and out. He is a student of the game. He knows every little nuance that you can try to exploit because that's, you know, that's what winning is about, trying to gain every single possible advantage that you can gain within the, within the rule books to help your team win. And it's just it's amazing that in that moment uh, it gave the Thunder a chance. It really, it was awesome. Like you, you could just see uh, Saunders' face. Like, really, did you just do that to me? And you know, kind of like laugh it off because he knew, you know, that this guy did it. This guy caught something that ninety nine point nine percent of the league would not catch at all, or or wouldn't even think about. It. They they would just let it, you know, they would let it go by the wayside. And Chris Paul found some reason to go ahead and say something to get that one extra point to give them, you know, just that one hope into the game and it actually opened it up for them. And, you know, we got the victory eventually in overtime. Uh, That's such a, like, to me, that's such a, uh, it's such a small man. Like it's a, it's a a guard thing. Like you wouldn't have a big man. Wouldn't care. A big man would not do that. But, uh, you know, a point guard, somebody of Chris's stature, he has to find every single advantage to take advantage to kind of get to that position. So, you know, using that intelligence, using that IQ, it just seems like something that would be in his, you know, in his toolbox that he uses. So, Alex, for the record, that is definitely uh-huh. true. Us short guys have to think about every single yeah. thing that we can beat you guys with, right? So, yeah, that's what we do. That's how we win. And that's how we keep you tall guys and taller guys beneath our shoes still. So, <laughs> great can't, job, Chris. We did turn around and shoot right over you. That's like, you know... We got to be crafty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that was beautiful. That was actually, I've never seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that play. Now, in that moment of a game where a ref was willing to make that call, and that's what blew my freaking mind. I was like, Chris Paul is getting us calls. Some things Russell could never get us. Um, but, uh, no disrespect to Russell, but you know, it's, it's just kind of crazy how that played out. Um, and the heave, man, hey, Nick, you mentioned that you said the heave, those exact words. Did you come up with that caption and post it? Or did you have a hand in that? I, I, I kind of don't remember exactly how it went down during just after the play happened. I, fired off a email to some of our um, content production team and just said, I'm going to write a separate article just on that moment. Um, and if you want to check it out, it's called The Heave on OKCThunder.com. 
um, our digital reporter, Paris Lawson, uh, who's new to the, the group this year, she was going to handle the game recap. But when something you know crazy like that happens in a game, we want to try to memorialize that moment as well. So um, I think in my email, I called it the heave. Um, and that's what my article ended up being titled. I'm not sure whether like our social people probably would have come up with that on their own anyway. Um, but I, I kind of liked it in that moment to just like, let's give it a name. I love it. And maybe it'll be something that Thunder fans like remember and associate with it. Well, yeah. I'll tell you right now. No, that was one of that's probably top five of regular season games. And I have the Russell triple double to pair up with that, like the 50 point one. Like I have a bunch of regular season games, the 2020-20, you know, to stack that up against, and that's still top five. Like just how that whole thing played out to me, the way it broke down, the heave as you call it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those are things that like you practice like like once a week, maybe. You know what I mean? And it's just hey, just in case, you know, right. whatever. And the fact that y'all got that picture of him and you know Dennis, Steve O and Dennis, just standing there, and Steve, Dennis sort of just pointing down the court, like yeah, that way, like a wide uh, receiver. He looked yeah. like a wide receiver saying, hey, you know, I got this guy, you know, on man coverage. I'm gonna yeah. go that way. <laughs> major, major props to our team photographer Zach Beaker for framing that shot the way that he did with the 1.1 in the background, and oh, you know. He he can't Zach can't possibly know that that combo is gonna be the one that makes that type of play or have any sort of hope that a play could be made in that scenario. But just like being ready, doing his job, being professional in that moment, and trying to capture like a special situation just in case something might happen. Like I thought that was amazing by Zach. That's a great picture. I actually saved it, and it's going to become a wallpaper very soon. Whenever I can let go of newborn pictures all the way, um, you know that was just stinking great. And then SGA though, guys, like if that wasn't a found moment, his back. yeah, like if that wasn't the moment we've been waiting for for a while, at least a couple of weeks. Um, Alex, me and you talked about this just a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, he's got to soften him up in that middle. He's got to soften him up in the middle. Um, and he finally started softening him up in the middle last night. Like he was shooting well all over the place that, that overtime was just stinking amazing. Like it felt so good to beat the wolves. I don't know. It feels like we haven't beat them in how long? I don't know. Years. Yeah. It feels it's, like, yeah, cause I think last uh, year, didn't they beat us four Oh, or it was either four Oh, or they beat us three, one, one of the two, but and Wiggins uh, was just incredible all last yeah. year in all those yeah. matchups. So yeah, it was, it was definitely Definitely good for Thunder fans walking out of that arena for sure. I just wanted to touch on something that you mentioned, Jerry, about the mid-range. Um, I was kind of tracking it by hand with a little shot chart that um, we get during games, but I think the Thunder was 18 of 31 on jumpers <laughs> between 8 and 22 feet. So, you know, some of those are in the paint technically, but most of them are kind of were kind of right around the free throw line, the elbows you know, what you would classify as a mid-range. And, um, you know, just that's 36 points right there that make a huge difference in the course of the game. And if you're taking those 31 shots and you're turning them all into contested three-pointers or contested shots at the rim, you might not get up to 36 points. So, you know, just it's, I guess, a symbol that when when you've got the right guys to do it, when you have 
Chris and Shay and Dennis and Danilo that can hit those shots at a really high clip. Sometimes a mid-range jumper can be better than, you know, the, the more high efficiency shots if those high efficiency shots are contested. See, and I'm totally against all those analytics saying that the three is the better shot um, or at the rim. You know, you only have one or the other. Totally against that. And I'm loving that this team scored five players in 20 points last night. 36 of those 100 and something that they scored came in that mid-range. Like, let's break all these analytics open <laughs> and tell them to shove it because it's it, it it works. You know, you you have to have a little bit of everything. And to your point, we have the stinking personnel to make this whole thing work too. Like it's yeah. it's it's great to see. Um, especially, I think that type of game will ride you a different wave. You know, you can sort of roll this thing, especially going into a four game stinking road trip like Mm -hmm. that is a that is a long stretch on the West Coast. And you definitely needed something like that to give yourself because I don't know about you guys, but I don't think it would probably be as fun as the trip uh, game one out there if we had lost last night. Would have been tough. Sure. Would have been tough for sure. Coming out here, knowing that you've got to bounce back and forth between time zones um, but even with the win, like the Thunder's got to got to turn the page. They're playing a Portland team that they got uh, trounced by just ten days ago. So you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get over uh, that win, as fun and emotional as it was, and try to you know bring the right attitude into to um, Saturday night at the Moda Center. Yeah, I'm hoping it involves making a lot more shots and stopping them from making as many because um, that was a terrible, stinking game. But you don't can't beat the same team twice, you know, the same way. So I, I have a feeling our guys will make the right adjustments. Let's go around. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I want to one more thing on, on that Wolves game before we kind of move on to something else. Um it seems it seems like you know players have a great time whenever they win a game like that. The the locker room is more vibrant. Uh, they they want to talk. They actually want to talk to the media. They actually, you know, want to celebrate. But can you tell me from your perspective, as basically the main media guy there for the Thunder, um, whenever a situation like this happens, it, is it exciting for you? Like you yourself said that you had a recap done. But then you also went ahead and, you know, did the, the heave story, um, which pretty much encapsulated the, the, the picture-perfect play for the game. Um, so, is it, you know, whenever you experience something like this, because you get to experience it from so many angles, so many different angles than, say, a normal fan would, or even, you know, let's say myself, who I'm a, you know, I, I do press at the game, but I don't have the access that you do. Um, so it, whenever a, a game like that happens, is it is it exciting for you? Is it something that, you know, you go home amped up about it um, just like the players would? I, I don't think it's just like the players would necessarily, but because in that but in the moment, like I think it is like when I'm doing the walk off interview with Dennis and Steven, like that's so much more enjoyable than going into the locker room you know, when guys, when teams just lost by 30, you know, it's just, that's only, <laughs> that's only natural. But, you know, I think in e- either way, in those moments, like I still am focusing on the job that I have to do. And so it's probably not until after I, you know, leave the arena, 
I usually can't sleep for about like an hour after every game anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I have some wind down time to process the result, no matter what it was. Um, and, uh, you know, the, those ones are a little bit uh, easier to process for sure. <laughs> so, so you guys are heading into a four game road trip. Um, you guys are going to be, what is it? It's going to be Portland. It's going to be, was he? All right. Portland, Utah. Utah, Utah, Sacramento, Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Sacramento and then Denver. So whenever you go on these trips, do you have like go-to spots that you go to in each city or are you more like laissez-faire, just kind of let it play out as it plays out? Or sometimes, you know, time constraints, you know, stop you from going here or there. Um, you know, you, you've been in this gig for about six years now, six or seven years. So pretty much every city, you know, every NBA city you've gone to. So do you have go-to spots or do you just like to explore? I've got some go-to spots. Like, you know, we stay in the same hotels for the most part every uh, every time we come to these cities. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate that my friends from college have kind of spread out all over the country. So I've got some friends here in Portland that I'm going to go see for dinner in a, a little bit. And then I've uh, got friends in Denver. Um, and then, you know, like Salt Lake City, I kind of have my, my uh, spots that I usually go to. And we've got a nice group of like our traveling party here. Um, some coworkers that, you know, you kind of, they, they kind of become your road family. Um, and so you spend a lot of time with them, a lot of meals, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we'll find our, we'll find our spots in, uh, in Salt Lake City and, in, in Sacramento as well and you know we'll go ex- experiment and try new places but sometimes like it's nice to just go someplace tried and true yeah your favorite your favorite restaurant regardless of city like which city is it and what's the restaurant this answer is like, gonna make me seem like I you know am just like you know going out to expensive restaurants all the time but <laughs> um uh uh prime 112 in miami is a steakhouse um on south beach and they have amazing steaks uh incredible desserts and so that's kind of like a splurge meal that um me and a couple buddies on the staff will go and and get um the one time a season that we go down to miami so that's usually like a special that's like a special occasion throughout the season that we all sort of like look forward to as a chance to treat ourselves because a lot of times, you know, you're eating media dining, you're eating on the plane, um, you're eating, you know, something, you're grabbing something quick between shoot around and, you know, getting back to the hotel to do game prep. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of chain places that, that uh, you go to for lunch. And then, but then for dinners the night before the game, I usually try to find someplace that's a little unique, something, you know, special or local to each city do you get recognized a lot like does somebody ever like call you out and say hey nick gallo thunder broadcaster no no (laughs) no all right listen here world in other cities you better start calling him out and (laughs) i just got to make a comment the media day food was amazing all right i can eat the hot dogs and the french fries and the (laughs) unlimited sodas all day i felt like forrest gump in that place yeah that's exactly what i felt like 20 dr peppers and (laughs) so um no that's that's freaking awesome though i like how 
you guys sort of just get to live vicariously, you know, in, in a roundabout way, and you guys only little family unit kind of yeah. away from the team, but with the team at the same time, that's just, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's special. It's really special. It like the people that you work with make the job and I'm really fortunate, like not just coworkers, but my bosses, like they, they're all, um, incredible and just like they're, they're just as much friends as they are, um, colleagues and coworkers. So it's really nice. Are you coming up for a year-end review right now or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the fiscal year has ended. <laughs> he's got to he's got to work on that raise. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah. So, so looking at this, looking at this season, you know everything from let's take it from July. You know, from July first, you know, July sixth, whenever, uh, whenever Paul George asked for the trade. Up until now, um, if you could give us like just a, a sentence to encapsulate how this season has gone since that point, what would or what would that word be? If you had one word that kind of you know keeps reverberating in your mind as far as how this season has gone, what would that word be? Yeah, uh, probably. I'm, I will steal a Sam Presti word here and say restructure um, because I think that, you know, that's sort of been the situation since July, since August, you know, trying to figure out what this next iteration of the Thunder is going to look like. What is the pathway forward for the next, you know, stretch of 10 year sustained success that's coming down the line in the future. And so, you know, oh, wow. that was a whole bunch of prestiisms right there. That was good. I love it. I love it. But that's really like, you know, I, you know, got to give him credit because when he goes up in those situations in the summertime, like he's telling the truth, like he's telling the truth about where the organization is, the direction that it's headed and that, you know, there are a bunch of dominoes that need to get put into place and then to fall before that next iteration of, you know, high level Thunder basketball competitive year in and year out for, you know, high stakes, deep playoff runs, like before that's going to happen. And so, you know, I think the thing that's interesting is that doesn't just because there is a restructuring, that doesn't mean that the team's not going to be competitive this year or doesn't, you know, or doesn't want to be competitive. Like this is a competitive group. This is a team that thinks it can win, knows that it can win at a pretty like solid level as we've seen. Um, they're, they've been in every single game. Um, I think they have seven losses by five or fewer points. So, um, Thanks for bringing despite, that up, Nick. Yeah. Despite, <laughs> despite being, despite being like nine and 12, like the net rating I think is probably right around zero. Yeah. And, and like if you negative gotta, zero point three or something like that, right? And mo and you know teams that have that type of net rating are actually often playoff teams, mm -hmm. um, or or pretty darn close to it. And so you know the Thunder's in ninth right now, still a long way to go. Um, but I just think from like the organization and um, fans' perspective too, it's a really fun product to watch every night, while they're also undergoing like a restructuring of of the organization in terms of the roster and assets and all of that. What was, 
what was your so I, I have to ask this to, to but you know everybody who is kind of around the thunder organization has been around for years um when the westbrook trade went down where were you and what were your initial thoughts about it um i had a feeling that it was coming um, when Paul George got traded? Yeah, like it just it was sort of the next logical mm-hmm. step. So I was kind of ready for it. I I had written I wrote an article for okcthunder.com that came out like kind of right after Russ got traded and um it had been something that I had been chewing on and working on for a while uh, about a, a week or so at least. Um and so that was kind of it was kind of nice to like be able to just pour out all of the thoughts of the last eight years, um, eight seasons before that, um, and have that marinate for a few days for a week or so before, um, you know, it actually happened. Um, because I was just sort of anticipating that that was, you know, likely the next step. And I do that a lot, like not just with this situation, but like if I have a feeling something is coming down the pipe, I try to get some thoughts and words down ahead of time like just so that I'm not scrambling in that moment that it's you know all of a sudden now I've got to come up with this thousand word article you know in in two hours so I I do that with a lot of things you know all-star announcements and you know all that kind of stuff um but so I was you know as I was kind of jotting down some notes I was getting myself ready to write that and then when the news actually happened I was able to kind of put it all together and complete it. And I think that helped, um, you know, as that transit, I mean, it's, it was, it was probably a good thing for all parties involved that, you know, Russ got to go where he wanted to go to be in a place that was going to be highly, highly competitive this season. And the Thunder had a chance to, you know, honor one of the most important, if not the most important player in its history and um you know do right by him and then you know get it get two first round draft picks plus a hall of famer and chris paul in return um so i think there was a lot to process there yeah (laughs) i think that's an understatement and for the record he is and always will be the most important player in thunder history in my opinion i cried on the pod nick all right i cried on the stinking pod um i i was sad that was probably what Alex? He named his daughter after Westbrook's wife. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a lot deeper than that. You know what I mean? We yeah. we really live vicariously through the Westbrooks as they were having Noah. We were going through a difficult time in the same sort of situation, yeah. and they gave us hope. And um, you know, whenever we thought that stuff wasn't happening, guess mm-hmm. what I said? Why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's something yeah. that that I always and will always hold on to. Um, so I can only imagine, you know, being on y'all side of it and saying, hey, like I get to look at Sam every single day with that look of just I hate that I have to do this, but I have to do this. You know, I have to go let him go because, yeah, he stood by me through the good, the bad, the ugly. Um and did his best throughout it all. So, um, yeah, that was just, just beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah. I remember the article that you wrote, Nick, and I like remember just, you reminded me of so many extra moments that you just forget about because there's just so many of them. They, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just come in flurries and, 
um, it's hard to realize how much of an impact and how many things he did for the for the organization. Yeah, yeah. It's did you listen to the Presty Pod by chance? The, the uh, Woj one. The yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and and he talks about that, you know, and 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 that talking about just how big he was to the community to Woj and just that was that that other teams, LA's, the New Yorks, they don't understand how we feel um, whenever we lose a guy like that. And uh, it was just that, that whole perspective, you know, through that pod was really, really good. Uh, I liked how he sort of brought us through the Paul George stuff. And just sort of like you said, he was honest with us the whole stinking time too. Yeah, he was, he was, um, yeah. you know, and the, this is the new NBA. Like, it's it's totally different now than it was when I first got into the league. And um, we're seeing all those dynamics. I mean, just about a third of the lead, league changed teams this summer. So we're it's a, it's a brave new world out there. Heck yeah. It, it most definitely is. It is. Um, so with that said, we, we did get some new players. You know, we got we got two veterans that – for the most part, we know that their time in Oklahoma City could be, you know, let's say shorter than their contracts are long. Um, and so what have been your impressions so far of guys like Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari? Uh, Chris, both of them have been just the, like, ultimate professionals, um, really great to work with, um, have loved just talking hoops with both of them. Gallo's a really, like, just affable, easygoing guys, like super nice to just chit chat with. And, um, you know, of course we've laughed a little bit about the Gallo and Gallo thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Chris, Chris just is like, he's a hooper. He thinks about basketball all the time. Um, he and I grew up about 45 minutes away from each other. So that was like a fun way to kind of just introduce myself and, um, say hi to him right off the bat. Cause he loves North Carolina and he, uh, he goes back there quite often, um, so that was that was cool to just kind of get a, a little bit of a relationship kickstarted, and then you know being around every single day, um, these guys get more and more comfortable with you, which is nice. So, quick question with the North Carolina thing: mm -hmm. Do you guys both love the song "Raise Up" by the one, the only Petey Pablo? Is that <laughs> yeah, it was the, you know, it was the anthem back in middle school or whenever that was. Every everybody had their towel out and was just That's right. That's waving right. around like a helicopter. Like a helicopter. That's right. <laughs> wow, Jerry, that's a good one right there. Hey, you're welcome. That's a good one. I'm here all night. Uh... So, so, okay, conversely, um, what have been your first impressions of guys that I think are going to be here for a while, such as, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander? Uh, Darius Baisley, what has been your impression of those guys? Because those guys, they're, they're hopefully part of the foundation that's going to be here, that's going to build towards something better. Yeah, incredibly mature, both of them. Um, been amazed by at how young they are, that they just seem like seem way ahead of where I was at age 19 and 20, you know, in terms <laughs> of just understanding the world, understanding, like, how to be responsible, how to be an adult, how to take care of themselves, um, you know, how to shoulder responsibility on the court, off the court. Um, I have a great story that I love to tell, which is uh, this summer Darius was 
he would he would come in and like work out at midnight and one of the first times he did that he you know realized he had his dirty sweaty laundry um and you know he didn't want to have it just like laying there wet overnight so he uh he just went into the locker room and start in in sorry into the laundry room and just started doing his own laundry uh in the practice facility in these like industrial laundry machines and i know that probably like sounds normal to people but like nba players don't do their own laundry you know that is like not something that that happens um and so uh that was just kind of a funny moment our equipment manager came in the next day and was like whose laundry is this like still in the in the in the washing machine right now um so anyway it was, it was kind of a funny funny uh, rookie moment for him but it was just okay i guess it was a sign of his conscientiousness yeah well and the man has multiple Christmas trees in his house, so he is doing something right in this world better than me. Um. <laughs> so, so awesome. do you think? Do you think? So, you, you talked about his maturity. Do you think, and you know, things like this, and, and it does seem, you know, he has. It seems like he has the playfulness of a teenager, mm-hmm. but also the maturity of somebody who knows this is a business, knows that he has to work at it to get better, to get to get what he wants out of this business. Do you think that one year that he spent working as an intern instead of being in college and playing, you know, playing basketball and and living the college life, do you think that maybe had something to do with how he's acting now as a rookie? I, I, it's hard for me to say, but I think he would say that. Um, He said that going to work every day, having to learn how to talk to people that are 30 years older than you (laughs) on a coworker type level or, um colleague level that was a a new lesson for him being on his own cooking for himself cleaning up you know running his own household dealing with finances that kind of stuff like that those were all really important life life lessons he was you know working out in a few different cities uh he spent a lot of time with former nba sharpshooter mike miller and that really helped him um learn how to be a pro and just have a somebody who's been through the NBA guiding him in that year uh, in between high school and when he was drafted. Isn't he the current, isn't he the current Knicks coach? No, different Mike Miller. That's a different Mike Miller. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah different Mike Miller. So, I mean, sticking with Baisley, what's sort of with him on the road, he's the young guy. You guys get to, sort of be around each other do they haze them a bunch or those young guys get left alone is that not part of the culture here i don't really see a lot of i mean the only hazing i see is like get, picking up food for the team you know or like for some of the or you know carrying a bag or something like that but it's not like nothing crazy good nothing yeah i don't crazy. want no frat parties over there guys <laughs> so uh so SGA, Shea Gilgis Alexander, you know, have you been impressed with his his want to become I don't I don't know if he wants to become the star, but he has that you know, he look he has that look that and he, he has he's saying the right words to that he wants to kind of knows that he's probably the guy to take over whenever, you know, guys like Chris Paul and Gallinari are no longer on the team. He's He's definitely has a great makeup to him. Uh, he cares, and you can tell that he cares about the way that he plays. Um, 
I think that's the biggest thing with him is just he wants to be great. I don't know. He probably wouldn't say, I want to be a star. I think he just wants to be the best version of himself that he can possibly be. So it was really cool to see him, you know, continuing to mature, to face some of these bumps in the road. Uh, One thing Billy has said a lot is, you know, the first two weeks of the season, he was probably fourth or fifth on opposing teams scouting reports. Mm -hmm. And now he's first or second. Mm -hmm. And so how does he deal with that? How does he handle the lane getting completely clogged on his drives? How does he handle having the opposing team's best defender on him? How does he, uh, you know, deal with, you know, having to give that same energy right back on the defensive end and then being hounded for three quarters of the court uh, when he's got the ball back and just, you know, having that, that stamina and that energy. So I think he's been dealing with a lot of like newness this year in his second season and he's really handled it like a pro. Uh, And it was really cool to see him um, go off in the, in the overtime period and have such an efficient uh, night to complement the stuff that he's been doing recently as a rebounder, as a passer, as an, and as a defender. Okay. Yeah, I think we've seen that in the last couple of weeks where he struggled a little bit, and so he's had to, you know, throw counter punches as far as trying to find ways to score and trying to find ways to be effective on the offensive end. And I think he finally found his, you know, found his groove back in this in the overtime of this past game. Um, so hopefully, this is something that he sees and he can continue. Um, so we've got a couple couple more questions, and then before we let you go, Nick, because I know you have to go, um, how how impressed have you been with the job that Billy Donovan has done this year? I think Billy's done a really nice job. He's had change uh, in every year that he's been the coach, which is normal. In the, I mean, every team has goes through change. Uh, so I think he's done a really nice job. And so final question, what so what would you say to Thunder fans? Um, as we progress through this season, like what would you kind of advise them? What would you would you tell them to expect for the rest of the season? I'm not sure. I don't think anybody can say what to expect. There's so much change that could potentially happen. Uh, you just never know between injuries and trades and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. So it's hard to say exactly what to expect other than I think the team will be really competitive. I think the team will be really fun to watch. They've got a future Hall of Famer on the squad right now. And you'd have no idea what kind of guys you already have on the roster for the future. And so the thing I think I would say is don't take for granted having NBA basketball in your state, in your arena, wearing your city's name on your jersey. Um, Those things don't happen in very many places around the country. Only 28 cities get to have one of these organizations that have guys that command attention throughout the world. So I would say don't let the last 11 years shape, you know, your view of what the next couple years might be and just enjoy the process of being with these guys every day. I, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big baseball fan. And mm-hmm. one thing in baseball is like there's 162 games. And after the 81st game, it might be clear that your team isn't going to make the playoffs. But there's something about watching baseball where you just like to, especially if you have your team, you like to just hang with your guys for nine innings. And I think there's something to be said in the NBA about just every other night for 48 minutes, you're going to, you're going to tune in and you're going to, and you're just going to hang out with your guys You're going to hang out with your thunder guys. And it doesn't matter 
whether they win, doesn't matter whether they lose, but they're your guys. And um, I think that's something special that Thunder fans should definitely remember this season. I might yeah. cry all there, over again, Nick. There you, there you have it. There you have it. So, Nick, thank you very much. Um, you know, have fun in, in Portland. Pretty sure you're probably going to go out and maybe have a nice dinner over there. Um, so you have fun. You be safe. And uh, thank you very much for stopping by and talking to us. Will do. Can I plug real quick just a couple things? Um, I was about to tell you, plug some stuff. I was about to tell you. Alex yeah. is a go-getter here. So please <laughs> please tune in to uh, our game broadcast on Fox Sports Oklahoma. Um, I'm our sideline reporter alongside our play-by-play guy, Chris Fisher, and our analyst, Michael Cage. Uh, those guys do an awesome job and have helped me so much um, getting – acclimated to to doing the live tv stuff over the last few years and then um obviously uh check out all of our at okc thunder social channels and okcthunder.com that's where uh paris lawson and i uh contribute written coverage and we you know help create video content and all sorts of other things for our social and web platforms and then lastly please uh find the thunder basketball universe podcast uh, we started a podcast at the Thunder. It's on, you know, Apple, uh, anywhere that you get your podcast. So please uh, like and subscribe to that. We're uh, we're getting this thing off the ground, and and we'd love your support. Heck yeah! Hey, but first, guys, the rule is you could listen to theirs first, but you have to listen to us too, right? I got a baby to feed, so uh... <laughs> you listen to them too, but listen to both. Yeah, yes. definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I, I've heard, I've heard the episode. It's, it's, it's good, it's good. You keep up the good work, Nick. Um, and again, thank you for dropping by. And uh, you know, you have a, you have a good day, man. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me. All Appreciate right, take you, care. Nick. All right, that was Nick Gallo. Um, thank you very much to Nick for joining us. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed this recap of the portland game and then also the uh the nick gallo interview we did the night before um it was fun it was fun both things have been fun we've been winning recently and that's always fun um and so hopefully we continue this trend on this road trip road trips are hard for young teams um, but we will see how they do they they came out with a victory tonight against portland and we will see how they do against uh against utah tomorrow uh, it's going to be another tough one. Uh, but with that said, uh, we bid you guys adieu. Um, make sure you check us out anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, whatever random thing you probably get your podcast from. It's probably going to be there. Um, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff, it's going to be there. Um, make sure you interact with us on Twitter. That's basically where we are. Um, so our Twitter handle is going to be at OKC Topic Thunder. Um, we have our own individual Twitter handles, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you know. Um, but if you really want to get to us, go ahead and get to us at the podcast Twitter handle, which is at OKC Topic Thunder. Uh, but with that said, you guys have yourself a great evening. And as we always say, Thunder up. Thunder up, Thunder up, Thunder up.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.